0: So you've got a kid who's snarky, irritable, crabby. Well, you need a lifeline. We're gonna be talking about all the ways you can help your child be more regulated and calm, and of course, less snarky. Hi, I'm Dr. Roseanne, and I'm a mental health trailblazer. And join me as we have real conversations about real solutions to kids' problems. And today we're talking about strategies on how to deal with moody, cranky, irritable kids. And boy, when you have a kid like this, you need help. And that's what we're going to talk about today. So let's dive in. So we're continuing our conversation about moody kids, kids that are disrespectful. And today we're talking about strategies to address disrespectful behavior. And I'm always going to start out with when you have a kid who's easily dysregulated, please know they're not doing this on purpose. This is something they're not in control of because we haven't put the right bumpers in place. We haven't reinforced the right behaviors. I know you're working hard. This is a matter of shifting what you're doing. So let's dive in. Let's get into it. So the first thing you're going to do, is you're going to put your own oxygen mask on. You're going to share your calm. You know you can share your irritation or you can share your calm. And when you have a disrespectful kid and I'm walking the walk with you, not just talking the talk. It is real hard to share your calm, So don't think you're going to breathe through it and not have done a lot of pre-work. That means you are doing things constantly to regulate your nervous system. So me, I do a lot. I take my magnesium, my multi-mag brain formula. You can go to drrosan.com forward slash magnesium. I'm doing PEMF. I'm doing prayer. I'm doing meditation. I try to, I not try, there is no try, only do according to Yoda and Chris Hodge. Um, (laughs) I walk every day. I try to have a laugh with my bestie Shelly every day. I mean, that's easy, you know, and all my other friends. So I do a lot of things neuroprotectively. And then in my head, when my kid is irritated, I say to myself, he's not doing this on purpose. He's not. Does it mean I'm 100% perfect? No, but you want to make sure you're not fact fighting and arguing. So one of the greatest demises of relationships is fact fighting. Like you get into the weeds of whatever the issue is. When somebody's dysregulated and hello, they're immature and they're a kid. Um, And I say immature because they might be a young adult, but really developmentally much younger, especially with clinical issues. You are developmentally much younger. Don't fact fight. You're not going to win. So being argumentative, getting into it now it doesn't mean you give your kid a pass. It just means don't get into them, into it with them when you're both irritated and frustrated. Focus on solutions and reinforcing. So prior to having disagreements with your kids. You always want to have clear boundaries, explicit boundaries. I can't believe how many times people say, oh, you should have just known it. You should have done this. No, you want to have those clear boundaries and you want to be consistent with the consequences. That's not punishment, but your consequences. Well, you didn't do this. Then this is what happens next time. Real world conversation today is I was like, next time this happens, phone's getting turned off. So I said it. That means I gotta do it. So was not received well, but that's what I just need to do in that situation. And I have to follow through. Like don't make empty threats because they're just gonna keep pushing the limits. But also don't be like disciplined and, you know, you get grounded and then it grounded again and grounded again. They're not learning. So think about what your consequences are. Are they logical? Are they explicit? Are they clear? And then you want to make sure we're always gonna use. Positive reinforcement to encourage positive behavior. So when you are constantly pointing out what your child is doing wrong, you're not reinforcing their brain to what they should be doing. And it sounds so simple because if you have a multitude, you know, multiple kids, some kids get it, no problem. Sometimes you don't have to tell them, and they just get it and like, "I already know," you know. And then other kids, yeah, say it 127 times. Well, that's just what it is. So we always want to reinforce those attempts and the actual behavior. That is important because if it's not just the outcome, you want to look at the little micro steps. What have they done? Oh, okay. Well, I see you didn't finish your homework, but you did like 70% of it. That's great. How did you do 70%? What's going on with this 30%? How can we get this done? Versus you didn't finish your homework. You know, you start framing their brain to the positive. There are a lot of reasons why kids don't complete things or finish things. So we want to make sure we do that. Hey, parents. Looking to turn those stressful days into moments of calm focus? Well, that's exactly why I created Neurotastic Multimag Brain Formula. It's the brain booster that helps kids and parents stay centered and sharp. It's not magic, it's science, and it's just a spoonful away. Bring the balance with Neurotastic. Go to drrosanne.com forward slash magnesium to get special subscribe and save discounts with, of course, amazing gifts. drrosanne.com forward slash magnesium. We just want to have a routine. So it doesn't matter what age your child is. Kids need structure and routine, whether that's coming home from school and you know that you're going to do... They can't get on their computer to do gaming. Um, whatever your routine is, you want to make sure it's clear and it's explicit and you're doing it. Because it's very helpful. It helps reduce the startle effect. It helps reduce friction when kids know. And when you're establishing any new behavioral routine, you should estimate that for at least 10 days, they're going to give you a pushback from behaviorism. We know that it's about a 10-day learning curve for most things. So you might see a worsening of behaviors, a spiking, and then you should see a dissipate. Now you have to be consistent. You can't just do it like three times in that 10 days. You got to do it the whole time. So obviously... You're much less likely to have friction with your child when you have a parent-child relationship based on trust. And that is one of the best tips that I can do. Now, it's real hard to trust each other or anybody when you're in friction a lot. But what else can you do to help foster that? Where can you connect Can it be playing basketball? Can it be arts and crafts? Is it going to music? What is it that's going to help you connect with your child? If you're listening to me on the regular, you know I connect with my kids through cooking. It's the number one way that we connect. It's important to everybody in my family because everybody's a foodie in my family. And it's helped them build a lot of autonomy. But relationships are built on trust and constant friction. And feeling like your kid is disrespectful and your child also feeling like you're not understanding them is going to erode that relationship. If you feel like your relationship is completely broken down, absolutely go to a therapist. That's what they are for. They're masters at mitigating and helping you, being that coach, being that in between. So it's not you against your child and, and also and your child against you and so you can really start to listen and and get some strategies that's what their job is is really to help you you're always going to focus on stress tolerance and coping skills so disrespectful out of control you know emotionally dysregulated behaviors they all come out of poor stress tolerance and poor coping skills and just like algebra you know learning to read learning to ride your bike You have to put some grease around it, my friends. And some of us have a good stress tolerance. Other kids don't. And there's so many reasons why kids struggle with stress tolerance. But ultimately, in the end, they don't have a good toolkit. They don't have a good understanding of their body's stress responses. They don't know what to say or do. And they fall back on these sort of irritated behaviors a lot. These are practical things. And at any point, if you're struggling with these things, this is a time to get help. Whether you're looking for one-to-one help, you can go to drrosann.com forward slash help. And we guide you through or you're part of our Calm Brain community, which is a low-cost paid community whatever you're doing, you've got to take action and you can't get caught in this friction back and forth. It's not healthy for you or them. And it's going to make you doubt yourself as a parent. It's going to make you feel guilty as a parent. Maybe you're wondering why you're repeating some of the same patterns your parents did. Who the heck knows? Maybe you're wondering if your kid has a clinical issue, but when in doubt, get support. And you know, you want to support the mental health of your whole family ecosystem and your child who is being disrespectful. Something is going on. And I hope in this little mini series, you got a sense, what could be some of those reasons? Here we talked about what you could do about it. But now you got to take action, and I look forward to hearing about all the ways this conversation has helped you. Parenting is hard, and there are many ups and downs, and just know that no matter what's going on with your kid and family, even when you have that cranky, difficult-to-manage what feels like super disrespectful kid, it's going to be okay when you get to the bottom of those solutions and you really start using them.